Welcome, welcome to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1, featuring Bay Area Sports Insight. Now, here's your host, Jimmy B. Sports fans, good morning and welcome to the Jimmy B Sports Show. I'm your host, Jim Barron. Today is Saturday, the 3rd of June already. And yes, we're talking about the Rays up in Beantown. They go from Wrigley to Fenway. We're talking about the NBA Finals as well as the NHL Finals that get underway tonight. The number here is 877-448-7901. JimmyBSports.com allows you to shoot me an email. If it's any good, we'll get it on the show. We'll be right back to kick it off on Power 90.1. If you're struggling to keep up with conversations, avoiding restaurants because you can't understand the waiter, if you've got the TV volume way, way up, then you really need these. These tiny but powerful little hearing aids are the Nano CIC Rechargeable. When you order today, Nano will give you a 45-day money-back guarantee. Order right now and Nano will give you a free portable charging case and even ship them to you for free. Here's the number. Call now. 800-291-2865-800-291-2865-800-291-2865 That's 800-291-2865 Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, sports fans. Hopefully everyone's off to a good start for the weekend. Get everything done early in the day because right on schedule, June 1st, it starts raining in the afternoon. So we get those afternoon showers, which kind of curtails any activities that you want to participate in. So whether you're um, golfing or pickleball or anything outdoors, Try to get it done early. Let's go to the emails. We have an email from Jamal from Lakeland. Jimmy B, love listening to the show, but can I ask you why you talk about the NBA? Orlando's team is lousy, and there's no team in Tampa. Maybe talk more about the local sports. Well, thank you for the email, Jamal. I appreciate that, and uh, I'll give you um, credit. You're right. Orlando was not good this year. And um, they have some work to do to get to the playoffs. We're going to be talking about the playoffs here shortly. So thank you for the nice um, pretext for that. Um, We talk about all the sports. So whether it's going to be the NBA, whether it's going to be golf, whether it's going to be, of course, football. We do hit on all the, the major sports throughout the country. And we do try to emphasize the Tampa sports. I know some some stations, some uh, broadcasts just do all Rays or all Bucks or, you know, whatever it might be for the local, but we're going to do all of it. We're going to touch a uh, um, half-hour show, 45-minute show, so um, we're going to cram it as much as we possibly can for that time. So I appreciate the email, and let's get right to it. Let's talk about the NBA in honor of Jamal here. I think that if you look at the NBA, game two is tomorrow. Game one was Thursday night. Of course, we have Denver versus the Heat. Denver took care of the Lakers in the East and in the um, Western Finals, and um, pretty much swept them. And now we're talking about the Heat doing the Celtics in in seven games. If you watch that seventh game, as soon as Jason Tatum twisted his ankle on their first play of the game, you knew it wasn't going to be a good night for the Celtics. 
Um, how many of you were surprised that the Celtics lost Game 7 at home in the Garden? Probably about the same amount of people that were surprised that Miami lost Game 6 in Miami. How about that finish? Butler goes to the free throw line, nails three consecutive free throws for getting fouled while shooting a three to put the team up by one. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Boston comes down, they get a shot, three seconds. They went from 2.1 seconds up to three seconds on the clock. So now the Celtics get the ball out of bounds. They get it to Marcus Smart. He's able to turn around, take a shot. The ball hits the, the rim, rolls around the rim, comes off. Someone's able to grab the ball. White gets the ball, banks it in on the rebound. Game over. How does all that happen, first of all, with only three seconds to go in the game? I watched that over and over and over again, and... You know, yeah, the, the clock started when it ball came in bounds to Smart, and uh, the play was good. So after reviewing it, upon further review, the Celtics won that game. You know, Max Truss did not box out. If he box out White, the game's over, the series is over. It never goes back to a game seven in Boston. However, could have, would have, should have, whatever it may be, Celtics come out for game seven, and once Tatum got his ankle twisted, Number one, you keep him in the game. So if he's if he's not able to go, then why do you keep him in the game? Well, he's your best player, and you have to you know keep him in. Well, how'd that work out for you? Uh, if he's able to go, absolutely, you keep him in. But if he's not able to go, then you're really just defeating and and hurting the whole rest of the team by having him in there. Um, you don't have people that stepped up. In, in, in his absence. So I think that when you look at coaching the Celtics, you have to find a way. You're at home. You took the crowd out of the game by going down early like you did. And, you know, once Tatum got hurt, then, you know, all bets were off. So you have to go out there and come up with a game plan. Now, I know you talk about the coach. He's, he's a you know, rookie coach, Missoula, and he's going to be around for a while. All accounts saw that he's a pretty good coach at this point, but you know, when you're playing in a game seven, it's all about game sevens, right? When you're playing a game seven at home, you're supposed to win that game. When you're a two seed playing an eight seed in game seven, you're supposed to win that game at home. So I don't care how you want to cut it, um, you're supposed to win that game. So as awesome as game six was and I give the Heat all the credit in the world because that was a kick in the gut the way that they lost that game they had that game one when Butler hit those three free throws and like I said all of a sudden a missed shot and rebound a put back by White and now we're getting on a plane going back up to Boston for game seven so they could have folded they could have said you know what it just wasn't meant to be and and just um you know, forgot about game seven and, and not even worried about playing the game, just checked out. But no, they don't do that. You know why? Because the way the organization is run from Pat Riley, Dante Spolster, Jimmy Butler is the leader of that team. They don't allow it. And so that team, long story short, they did go up there. They won game seven and they're playing Denver in the finals. 
And after game one, all that was said about Miami taking the series from Boston, they looked as though they were tired. Uh, watched the whole game, obviously, and I'm going to say this. When you um, go to Denver, you're up there. It's called the Mile High City for a reason, obviously. It's a little tough breathing up there. It takes a little bit to get used to. Watching the Heat play, the Heat's a team that lives and dies by the three. And when they're not hitting their threes, they're going to be in trouble. Do they get to the basket? Yeah, yeah, usually they do. Uh, Jimmy Butler is usually good at uh, taking his man inside, gets double teamed, waits for the open man, and um, gets to pass out. And a lot of times, you're going to have the team hitting threes to uh, give them the lead or to put them ahead. But now, when you have players that the Heat have, you have to be able to take the ball to the to the rack as well. And they did not do that. You know how many times they got to the free throw line in game one? Twice. You heard that right. Two times. That's an NBA playoff low getting to the rim, getting to the free throw line only two times. So Denver ended up winning the game 104 to 93. They'll be playing game two on Sunday which will be tomorrow, which is interesting. So if Miami's able to win tomorrow, then they did their job. They took one of the first two, stole a game, and will uh, look to uh, be tied one apiece going back to Miami for game three. Now, are they able to do that? What do they have to do? Well, well number one, like we were talking before, Miami looked tired to me for whatever reason. Watching some of those shots missing, it looked to me as though their legs were tired. What happens when your legs get tired, you start using all arms when you're shooting. And a lot of times when that starts happening, you're going to be missing shots the way that Miami did. They have some good shooters. Don't get me wrong. Uh, we're out there. We're talking about Max Truss. Uh, he, had a, he had a bad game. I mean, he didn't play well. He'll be the first one to tell you. He's got to be out there hitting some shots. And... Now, when he's not doing it, it's going to cause some issues. So I think that the reason that Miami is there is because their coach, Spolstra, is very good at making adjustments. And I think that one of the adjustments is going to be made is you're going to see Jimmy Butler and the rest of the team driving to the basket tomorrow. They're going to get to the foul line more than two times. I can guarantee you that for tomorrow's game. And they're going to have to because this Denver team, they're a very, very, very good team. You look at that first half. Everyone talks about Nikola Djokic. He was a two-time MVP from three years ago, two years ago. This year happened to be Joel Embiid. And now, quite honestly, it could have been Djokic again. So this guy is the best player in the NBA right now. He controlled the game. He controlled the game by taking three shots in the first half. <laughs> you know what? Three shots in the first half. He had 10 assists in the first half. Denver was up by 17. All right? So one thing about Djokic, he does not force the game. He waits for the game to come to him. And if you want to double-team him, he's going to just pick you apart. I mean, he's going to find Jamal Murray, who had 
18 of his 26 points in the first half. He's going to find Aaron Gordon, who had 14 of his 16 points in the first half. He's going to find Michael Porter, who had 10 of his 14 points in the same first half. So he will find the open men. So the question is, do you take your chances? Do you play him straight up? Just play him one-on-one and let him score his points. Maybe he has to work a little harder, get a little tired. And is that better than just double-teaming him and letting him dish it out to a three-point shot from one of these guys? That's an adjustment that Spolster's going to have to make. I would think that they're going to pick their spots more than they did. They, they kept on double-teaming him, and uh, he's not someone to get flustered. You're not going to fluster him. If you look at what the Lakers did, uh, you know LeBron James did a pretty decent job of guarding him low, making him work a little bit, and you do something like that, it may be in their favor. But... You know, when you have Bam Adebayo and Cody Zeller, maybe a zone defense is going to make Jokic um, find the open guy a little bit harder than it was in the first half. So anyway, it was a good first game. I think that if you look at uh, the Heat, they looked like a tired team. They just got done playing a seven-game series. I will say, however, that if they're going to win any of the first two games... I thought it would be the first one. They might be able to catch Denver a little bit rusty from having, I think it was nine days off, but that certainly wasn't the case. I give Denver all the credit in the world. And uh, looking forward to game two tomorrow. Your thoughts? 877-448-7901. JimmyBSports.com is the email. And we'll be right back to keep the show going. Pickleball Training Simplified is the Ernie. The Ernie holds 150 balls and shoots 10 to 65 miles per hour. Controlled by your smartphone, the Ernie has 24 pre-programmed drills that you can customize. The future of pickleball training is here. Go to the ErniePickleballMachine.com for more information. That's E-R-N-E PickleballMachine.com. Train, win, repeat with the Ernie. That's E-R-N-E PickleballMachine.com. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show. Power 90.1. Welcome back, race fans. How about a record of 40 wins and 18 losses coming into the weekend here against Boston? First team in the majors to have 40 wins. You know what? They're still the only team in the majors that have over 20 wins at home. The Rays are 26 and 6 going into the weekend here against Boston. So who would have thought that Tampa would, after a third of the season, be in first place by four games over Baltimore, six games over the Yankees, nine and a half over the Jays, and 10 over the Red Sox at this point of the season? Certainly not me. Um, I thought that they would win 92 to 93 games, but I did not think that they would have 40 wins by this point, and most likely no one else did either. So at this point of the season, hats off to the Rays. They're doing what they have to do. Of course, they're fighting with injuries like every other team is. Uh, Glasnow came back, had a you know, average performance, if you will. Nothing, nothing major. Um, it's going to take a little bit for him to get back into the swing of things, and of course we need him. If we have any hopes of 
know, making any noise in the playoffs. I am assuming that we're going to make the playoffs. A lot could happen between now and then, but in the event that we do make the playoffs, we're going to need all of our weapons. And you know, for as good as McClanahan's looking right now, we need Glasnow to come back and you know, come back to what he was before couple tough games against the Cubs. We were able to win one. We salvaged the last game of the, of the series on Thursday, and we played well against the Dodgers. We took two out of three from them, uh, scoring 11 runs, a great 11-10 win in the last game. So overall, I mean, we've played some tough teams. We played the Cubs, Dodgers, the Blue Jays before them. So now as we get into the, Nash, uh, to the American League East right now, for them to be able to show that they can do some damage in the playoffs, they need to be able to shore up their bullpen a little bit, I believe, and you know, kind of figure out what's going on with some of these injuries. We're still we're still hitting well. I mean, you look at Yandy Diaz batting three ten. Uh, he's got twelve home runs. Rosarina has forty RBIs after uh, fifty eight games, I believe it is. So. You have players on this team that are stepping up like they're supposed to. And like I said so many times before, that's that's what Cash does uh, as a manager. He's able to get this team ready for all the games. You know, whether it's, it's Franco out there with 65 hits, whether it's a Rosarina with the 58 hits, uh, you can go up and down the line. Uh, one of the things that this team is doing, we touched on it a little bit last week, was the base running. Now, you can look at the pitch count, the clock, and say that has something to do with it. I think stolen bases are up probably about 20% or so across the league due to the implementation of the pitch clock, but they're taking their chances a lot more this year on the base paths than they have been in any time that I've seen before. So you look at Luke Rayleigh out there making a nice defensive play in the game against the Dodgers. You have uh, uh, Paredes coming through in the clutch. A lot of these guys, Siri, you know, Siri had an up game, down game, whatever it might be, but he's someone out there that adds chemistry, and that's what you need for a team to be able to excel. You know, there's a lot of teams with a lot of good players. These are all major league players. What sets apart the really good teams from the average teams? Chemistry. You have to have that team chemistry to go out there and win consistently. And when you're in a losing streak, which every team is going to go through, you have to have that chemistry where someone sits down and says, hey, you know what? Things aren't going so good right now. Let's uh, let's change some things up. Let's uh, have a little meeting and maybe air out some things and, and go from there. And I think that is one of the reasons why we lost in the playoffs last year when we had a little bit of an issue, I think, with the Rosarina and, and Margot. I think that carried over into the playoffs. No one really talks about that incident in the parking lot, but I think that had something to do with it. This year, the chemistry from what I can see on the field, you know, in the dugout, from what I can you know, see in the, in the clubhouse, it's a different type of... Uh, camaraderie. I think that uh, you know these are still players out there trying to you know do a job. They have a job to do, and they take it very seriously. But they don't get too tight. They don't have um, 
that's you know you have days where you're just not going to hit the ball. You do hit the ball, it's just not going to fall. It's going to be caught, whatever it might be. A starting pitcher may have an off day, and now you go from there. You're going to all have those days, but for the most part, this team I think is resilient. And I think the team chemistry, from what I can see, is better than years in the past. The Rays have always been a underdog team, no matter what their record is. I mean, uh, 40 wins in the majors right now, the most of any team. And there's still an underdog in so many people's um, minds. You can talk to Rays fans, and a lot of them will tell you, yeah, you know, we have 40 wins. We're in first place in June, uh, the first week of June. But you know what? I still don't know. A lot of naysayers, a lot of people that are saying, you know, the Rays just don't have that, that killer instinct to put it away and to win. And you know what? Until they do, you have every right to say that. And I think we've talked so many times on this show that you need to get the blueprint on how to win everything, not just the division, which they've been successful doing and getting to the playoffs. They did get to the series a couple of years ago, but you have to win it all. The Lightning have a blueprint on how to win the Stanley Cup. The Rays so far don't, but I do have confidence in this organization that despite the disparages with the payroll, they're still in the, in the very... Uh, bottom tier of payroll in Major League Baseball. Despite that, what this team does on the field is, is simply amazing. And if you're a baseball fan, you like seeing what the team does. And, and I uh, sometimes when you see the attendance at these games, you know during the week you may get eight thousand, nine thousand fans. That's a little discouraging, a little down from what it was earlier in the season. And that's the way it's going to go through the summer months, unfortunately. You may get a little bit of a bump when teams like the Yankees or the the Red Sox come to town. But other than that, you're going to have a a situation where they're going to be playing sometimes, you know, with not a lot of fans in the stadium. They've done a better job as far as marketing, in my opinion, this year. And I, I hope that continues because this team deserves to be playing in front of fans watching them. And I'd love to hear your comments, 877-448-7901. You can go to jimmybsports.com, shoot me an email, let me know what you think. Are you surprised that the Rays are in first place in the division? Do you think they're going to hold on to first place? Uh, You know what? Don't forget, you have some teams there. Baltimore is, is having a heck of a season. You never want to count the Yankees out as well. So, um, you know, it can go either way. It's still very early. There's still two-thirds of a season to play. But so far, if you're a Rays fan, you have to be happy with what you've seen. We'll be right back to keep the show going on Power 90.1. Do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right, call. Because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares. They have access to great prices and discounts at over 500 different airlines, plus 300,000 hotels and rental car companies. 800-331-3981. 800-331-3981. 800-331-3981. That's 800-331-3981. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. 
Welcome back, hockey fans. It starts tonight, 8 o'clock on TNT. You have the Stanley Cup Final, the Vegas Golden Knights versus the Florida Panthers. Game one at Vegas. The first two games will be in Vegas to, uh, later on today and then Monday. And then they'll come down here to Florida Thursday and Saturday. And then uh, back and forth for the last three as needed. So after all the long season, the playoffs, you know, the, um, the, the, the Golden Knights defeated the Jets in five. They beat Edmonton in six. And the Stars in six. So you look at what the Panthers have done. They, they beat the Bruins, if you remember that opening series, in seven games. Game seven in Boston. They ended up winning. Then they beat the Maple Leafs in five. And they uh, swept the Hurricanes in four games. So they've been rested a little bit. I think uh, Vegas had to play a couple more games. But look at this team. I mean, first of all, when you get to the Stanley Cup final, you're tired. It's been a long season, long, grueling playoff. I think it's the hardest championship to win. And um, Monday, June 19th, will be all over if it goes seven games, which I hope it does. Two best boards in sports, right? Game seven. Well, we're going to see what happens. Uh, a lot of people say it can't be for Florida because there are rivals and whatnot. I say... I'm going to root for the team in this state, and I'm going to go uh, with the Panthers. I think that you look at uh, Kachuk, what he's done so far. He's got nine goals, 12 assists, and 21 points, along with Carter Verhey. He has six goals, nine assists, and uh, 15 points to go along with that. They're a tough team. Uh, the Panthers, their goalie is standing on his head, Barbowski there, so... You know, it's going to be tough. Can they beat the Golden Knights of Vegas? I don't know. Now you have Jack Eichel out there, Jonathan uh, Messalt. So I think it's going to be a, a very good series. For some reason, uh, I, I, I see Vegas having the edge in this one. I'm not quite sure why. I just think that um, the way they came back to beat the Kraken earlier and the way that they took care of... Um, the stars in the last series. I just think there's something about them that they may be able to put up more goals than the Panthers and walk away with the trophy. I uh, would love to hear your thoughts on are you uh, going to be cheering for Florida or because they're foes of the Bolts, you're going to be going for the Vegas Golden Knights. So number here is 877-448-7901. You can go to jimmybsports.com. Let me know that way. If you want to shoot me an email, what do you think about the Ryder Cup? That's something that's coming up in September later on this year. A lot of people are talking about it. And I, I want to hear your thoughts. We did get some emails and some responses. Threw that out there a couple weeks ago. Should the LIV players be allowed to play in the Ryder Cup? The DP also over there in Europe. Uh, they're going to let their players play in the Ryder Cup. To me, the Ryder Cup is, uh, well, of course, let me backtrack. It's when the United States players play against the Europeans. So that's every couple years. It's probably one of the most um, anticipated events 
of golf of that year because it really it's fun to watch the format you have the it goes back and forth between um, being over at a, at a course in Europe versus a course here so I think that if you look at the dissension if you will right now between the PGA and the LIV I think it's a lot of a lot of nonsense to be honest with you if you're a golf fan Number one, you have your favorite players that you want to watch play, right? So say you're a Jordan Spieth fan. Well, you're going to watch the PGA when Jordan Spieth is in it, and you're going to watch him hit shots from the greenside bunker like he just did. So you're going to see shots from Rory McIlroy on the PGA Tour if you like the PGA Tour, and you're going to watch that. Well, what happens if you're also a Dustin Johnson fan? You have to watch the LIV to see him play. Unless, of course, it's a special, like the Masters maybe, or he was able to play in the PGA Championship. But for the most part, their tournaments that they have, you're not going to be able to uh, watch them on regular TV. Number one, it's tough to find the LIV tour on TV when you when you want to see him play. So it's really, that's that's the one knock that I do have about the LIV. If they're going to be legitimate and if they're going to be around for a while, they need to sign a deal with a major network, not, not CW, where it's on three channels if you're able to find them anywhere. They need to sign a major deal with some station and, and broadcast the three-day uh, rounds that they have, number one. Saying that, do I think that the LIV players should be allowed to play in the Ryder Cup? My answer is unequivocally yes. The best players from the United States, I don't care what tour they're in, should be allowed to play against the best players from Europe. And again, it doesn't matter what league the best players in Europe are from. I want to see the best versus the best. And I think any true golf fan wants the same thing. And, and I don't know why, um, you know, of course you hear all the stuff about the LIV. Well, it's you know, just about the money. The Saudis are over there overpaying these players just to be able to um, take, take the uh, news away from some of the... Uh, issues that take place over there in the desert. You know what? Is it true? I don't know. Could be. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. But we're talking about golf right now. We're talking about a sport. So I would like to hear your opinion on should all the players be allowed to play? Uh, yeah. Uh, do you want to see John Rom play? Of, of course you do. So saying that, you also want to see other players that are playing on the LIV Tour play as well. JimmyBSports.com, shoot me an email. Let me know what your thoughts on that. And if you say that, no, they shouldn't be allowed to, then I'd really like to know the reasoning as to why. Because um, for the life of me, I can't figure out, aside from... Aside from... Um, you know, he said, she said, or spite is a good word for it, that they wouldn't be allowed to play. You want to see the best, right? If you want to see the best, let the best play. We'll be right back to finish the show on Power 90.1.
Have you ever met a single person in your life that enjoys paying taxes? No, no one does. Stop worrying about your IRS problem. We can help you, we promise. Call the tax doctor right now. I mean right now to learn more. 800-918-7169. 800-918-7169. That's 800-918-7169. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, football fans. I know we're not talking about the Bucks much lately. Obviously, I saw a clip this week of a couple errant passes, whether it be Baker Mayfield or trask out there on the field i don't know who did that clip and why it went viral the way it did there's passes that are dropped and overthrown and underthrown every day of practice by all the quarterbacks so uh are the bucks going to be okay this year we're going to get into that um in the upcoming weeks going to talk a little bit more about what they need to do getting ready for uh the camp to break here in a couple weeks you know one of the one of the issues right now with the NFL, in my opinion, is you have these quarterbacks and what these owners and uh, presidents and, and coaches need to really figure out is how do you navigate a quarterback contract extension that's going to really take up a big part of the salary cap while also building a team that's capable of a deep playoff run or a, or a Super Bowl run. It's, it's not easy. You look at some of these extensions, uh, Jalen Hurts with the Eagles, he agreed to a five-year, I think it was like a $250 million extension, something like that, 180 guaranteed. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens, the Lamar Jackson finally came to terms. He signed a five-year, same kind of thing, $260 million extension, another $185 million guaranteed. I think um, Herbert and uh, Bengals quarterback Burrow likely to be up next in the carousel there. So, you know, when you're paying someone that kind of money, he, he better start making other people better and that's one of the things that we'll talk about what the Bucks need to be doing later on in another show as far as in order to have a season that is going to put some fans in the stands and put some W's in the win column. I'm just not quite sure how they're going to do it at this point, but that'll be fun to talk about. Guys, as always, that's all the time we have today. JimmyBSports.com. If you want to shoot me an email, we'll get it on the show next week. Enjoy your weekend. As always, stay safe, stay vigilant, and above all, stay positive. We'll talk to you next week in the gymnasium.